0: This week on the podcast, we drop a few bars in freestyle, and more importantly, we talk about how growth in relationship with God occurs and how it occurs through the revelation of self, both on our part and his. Hope you enjoy the episode. the Sooner Catholics podcast. This is Alex Sanchez, Matt Schmerber, and Trevor Bereca. Thank you to all of our faithful listeners who have joined us since the beginning of this journey. Today, we're going to do something fun to kick off. Totally unscripted, totally unedited. We're just going to hit you with four lines of a freestyle of how each of us are doing. Many of you who know us know that we love freestyling, that if we didn't already have full-time jobs, that's where we'd be. So so here we are. Here's my four-liner. Wish I had a beat, but... mm. Mm, 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 mm. today has been a good day i gotta say i like eggs the sunny side way a a my fourth line was a was was one letter (laughs) not not too bad not too bad uh four out of ten
1: um i'm gonna call i'm gonna pass the ball to uh to trev go ahead man four lines baby man i'm doing pretty well i got a story but it's kind of hard to tell and if I was selling, you know that I would sell. Get up on the bell tower ring the bell. Oh! That's talking about
0: that is. That was fire, dude. Okay, oh, my Matt,
1: gosh.
0: Matt, I don't know if that home. had
1: anything to do with my day, but there it was.
0: <laughs> Matt, bring us home.
2: All right, here we go. Just quick little four lines. Mm. Mm. You know I'm out here trying not to be a slob. You know I'm out here I'm just trying to do my job. You know where got this podcast going, please a mob. And I don't know, but I'm with my brothers, and that's all that matters. (laughs) Oh, okay. Dang it.
0: The the old A-A-A-B-B. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I messed up.
2: (laughs) I got that last
0: line. (laughs) Special haiku. Special haiku. No, that's awesome. Okay. Glad we could start off with that little bit of shenanigans. Here's what I'm thinking for today. We start with this little tidbit, this little sentence I have for you, this nine-word sentence. And we just talk about it. We ponder it. We pray through it together. We reflect on our lives through its meaning, and then we just see where, where we go from there. Here's the sentence I want to ponder on together. Growth in relationship with God occurs through mutual self-revelation. What does this mean to you guys? Have you guys found this to be true? Let's talk about some of the obstacles and traps that we ex- have experienced. Growth in relationship with God occurs through mutual self-revelation. Trevor, when you when you read that or hear that, what, what sticks out to you?
1: Yeah. So the first thing I think of, sorry. So this is actually, sometimes, you know, you listen to podcasts and you're not sure, like, did they actually plan this? Is it in the spot? So I'm actually thinking through this right now on the spot. I think that the first thing I think of when I think of this is the, if you guys have heard intimacy, it could be phrased into me, see, and it's this idea <laughs> I saw. So we're also zooming while we're doing this. So I just saw Matt's face at me saying that. Um But Right. This idea of intimacy involves a revelation of the self that goes deeper than the exterior that goes into the heart. And I think that is the first kind of analogy I think of when we see this phrase growth in relationship with God occurs through mutual self-revelation. And that it takes this sort of seeking after God's heart in which we attempt to know him more through the scriptures, through studying, you know, the works of saints, through Observing the 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 world around us, that we start to like look for Him, look for signs of who He is in, the, in in our lives, and as we do that, we enter into this prayer with Him, whether it's you know in a holy hour in the chapel or a walk outside, where mm-hmm. we start to share our thoughts and ponderings with Him. So that's kind of just the first thoughts on that. Cool,
0: Matt. What is it? What does it mean to you? Yeah, I like what Trevor is starting to bring up. I
2: think that, as you said that to me. Some of the deepest moments that I've had in prayer are the moments whenever through mutual self-revelation, that kind of phrase. It's where I get to know something about myself, either because God revealed to me that particular thing about me, or I got to know him a little bit better. And because I got to know him better, it revealed something about myself. So I'll kind of break that up. And kind of give an example. So there was a time in my life where I was starting to discover about myself these desires welling up inside of me to, I'll call it, become a leader of other men. Um, Is just something that I was discovering, and I didn't quite know what to do with that. I felt these desires to become a leader. I felt these desires to want to take risks. I felt this desire to share my gifts. With other men and women in my life, and I saw that I had a natural disposition that was able to stand up in front of other people confidently to give talks, to give to to be a leader in that particular sense. However, it came with a price, and that price was that um, a lot of people, whenever they first got to know me, would reveal to me after you know a couple weeks went by, like, "Hey, Matt, you you're a pretty intimidating guy," <laughs> like right off the outset. You come across pretty intimidating. Um, you might want to lighten up a little bit whenever you get to know people. So how are those two things connected? What I saw is that I was starting to take myself too seriously. Mm. And that was not from God. right? What was from God was this revelation and this gifting that I had, which was a natural confidence or the disposition to be able to go and share myself readily and vulnerably. <laughs> And, and then also just not to have a fear of, of getting in front of crowds and things of that nature. Right. So just kind of this gifting, but how God revealed this part in this trait within me was like, hey, I, I gave you this gift, but it's for the service of others. It's not just for you to hold on to for yourself. It's not just for you to use and to to shape other men or to lead them down a particular path because of anything that you've done. You're going to end up using this gift for me and for my benefit and for the, for the furthering of the kingdom. And I gave this gift to you in order to go and share your life with the people around you. And so it was just something that was revealed to me in prayer. It was something about me that I, I grew to know and to love. And then through prayer, he revealed to me a little bit more about myself that I didn't yeah. even know was there.
0: So Yeah, that's awesome. So, so he kind of revealed this, this initial gift that also helped foster it continuously through prayer no it's super good this uh this sentence reminds me of a of a separate reflection I've had on holiness but I think ties in really closely with it the idea and concept of holiness is one that I've always kind of struggled with of like what what does true holiness look like because I've seen at times like a piety that is really attractive and a piety that is less attractive and so I've just been like what what is true holiness and what does true holiness look like in my life and my vocation my personality my disposition and I, and I had this this moment in prayer that yeah I feel like God was revealing what holiness looked like to me was, was this, was this constant balance of looking and examining my own weakness and and need for God, uh, my own continual, you know, sin and failure and and these kinds of things um, to keep me humble, but also a continual gaze on him and, and a continued hope that he would bring uh, about goodness in my life and would bring about transformation and healing and peace and, um, so holiness, I think was, was like this, this sense of like balance between these two. And like, if I were to lose, if I were to stop examining myself and just look at him, then it kind of be like the shallow, like praise God, praise God. Uh, but without, without really looking at like, what is God trying to do in, in my life and how is he trying to transform me into authentic disciple? But then if I, if I lost gaze on him, then I would just fall into despair and discouragement of like, I'm super sinful. And yeah, there's, there's nothing that I can do to grow as a person. So yeah, I, met, I mentioned that one of these obstacles I think for me is is failing to to do one right, failing to like constantly look at God or examine God in his goodness or um forgetting to to examine myself and my own actions, my own intentions. What are some obstacles that maybe you guys have faced in this growth in relationship with God through mutual self-revelation? What are some obstacles that you guys have faced?
1: I think that's a really good thought. I think where this begins is this contemplation that when we think about our journey towards holiness, we ought not to think of it as some kind of quest to be the best. If that makes sense, um, that was kind of a bar unintentionally. But, um, but I think some, I think sometimes holiness, when we talk about it, can almost be like a self-help policy. It's this mm-hmm. idea that like if I really you know grow with God, then I'm going to be this like hustler that that's going to be the, the, the you know the self-made man. And when we talk about this growth and intimacy with the Lord, we talk about the mutual revelation that you're kind of speaking of and obstacles towards that. I think where it often starts is kind of to Matt's point last week in the podcast, talking about, um, we have to start with the end in mind. We have to consider like the, the kind of principles that lead to these decisions. I think a principle that we have to consider always in this revelation of God and ourselves is that it's always us walking in the garden with him, right? If you look at like Genesis chapter two, when God, it says that God walked with, with Adam and Eve in the garden, like where, where everything gets destroyed and when they, when they eat of the fruit in chapter three, it says like the first question he asked them, he says, where are you? And it's this question that's like relative not to their geographical space. Like, I don't think he was like, oh, man, I don't, I don't know where Adam's at right now. I can't see him. It's this idea of like, where are you? Like, we always were here together. This was a place that we, we constantly encountered one another. And you have turned, and it has become about you, and so you've hidden. It's become about your shame, and now you're you're hiding from this encounter. And so when I this, I think the starting point and an obstacle for intimacy is when we lose sight in prayer, it always has to consider God and ourselves at the same time, because that is the fundamental nature of growing as our identity as beloved sons and daughters, considering our relation to the Father. Um, does that make sense?
0: Totally. Matt, what have been some
2: obstacles for you? Something that, you know— I've struggled with probably my whole life, and I, I don't know. I've I prayed a lot about where this comes from, but it's this concept of being honest in all situations at all time, especially with myself. So sometimes it's not as hard to be honest with other people or we're, we're taught from growing up, like, you know, not to tell lies and stuff like that, but deep down letting lies or or not being completely honest with myself in my interior life. And so that includes God. That includes conversation and prayer that I'm having with God and being completely honest with Him. And this mutual self-revelation that we're talking about involves a lot of vulnerability. And so Mm -hmm. I use that word specifically because I think that there's um, a false understanding of what vulnerability is in our culture right now. I think that vulnerability is thrown around as a buzzword quite often. Um, that it's something that leaders should do, or you know, you have to give vulnerability in order to receive vulnerability, lots of different things. You could toss that phrase around like that, um, or be vulnerable before you expect someone else to be vulnerable. And fortunately, we have a God who doesn't have those stipulations. He was vulnerable with us first before, and He made Himself vulnerable to us before He expects us to be vulnerable with Him. He made Himself vulnerable upon the cross. He made himself vulnerable by becoming man and sharing in our humanity. He made himself vulnerable by being stripped of his clothes and scourged and suffering a death. So, he made himself mortally vulnerable as well. So, the vulnerability... So, We have a God that is mutually revealing to us. He plays his part. The hard part is for us to respond to that vulnerability. And so, and for me, in particular, the obstacle I face in being honest about everything is going before God with an honest picture of who I am and not trying to project a number of things onto him. So first off, not trying to project a version of myself that I would like him to see. Mm. I'm doing okay. Everything is fine. Um, I'm, I'm successful in this way, this way, this way. And, you know, because I'm Catholic or just because I'm a missionary, a focused missionary, or because I'm a leader in the community, I'm supposed to and expected to have my stuff all together, right? So it's like this projection of who I want God to see me as. I have to be very careful of being honest with him about who I am and where I'm at right now in our relationship, also have to be careful about vulnerability in the sense of sharing too much. I think that this is something we don't think about very often whenever it comes to vulnerability and mutual self-revelation. It's actually not very prudent to go and to share our lives with people who we're not we don't have a good relationship with or who we're not necessarily we haven't reached a certain level of intimacy with or trust with. So, this conversation is very easy for the three of us to have because we spend a lot of time together and we have a natural brotherhood and we we've been together for for months on end right we we've shared a lot of burdens together and we we've walked the walk and so the talk can follow right it It's tough whenever we go before God and we're not used to having a discourse with him and we're not used to a steady prayer life or a prayer life where it's like, we're used to going to him often. Like there's not a familiarity there to just go and to dump on him. You get what I mean? And so like the vulnerability, that's actually using him. That's actually using him as a crutch. It's, it's going, and I'm not saying it's necessarily bad. We should always run to God with our problems. So if that's just the state that we're in, we just got to do it. And we just got to say, Lord, in your, your mercy, please forgive us. But, Going to Him only in times whenever we're completely broken and we've hit rock bottom, right? To me, I would consider that using God as a crutch. And then we, you know, somehow forget about Him whenever the times get better or the times get good. It's like, oh, okay, you know, I'll reserve my relationship with you until those times get rough, right? And then I'll become vulnerable again with you whenever I need that in my life. Not necessarily this mutual self-revelation, but whenever it benefits me. To to get to that stage. And so to avoid those extremes of presenting this false perception of who I am before God, and then also preventing using him as a crutch. I think an antidote to that is treating vulnerability as if we were just simply to live in reality, to live in the reality of who we are and to live in the struggle. And I think that that's a good um, practice that we can adopt with our friendships and our relationships with our spouses, with whoever God places in our life, with God especially as well. It's just living in the struggle. It's living in the tension between my life is perfect and my life is in complete shambles. It's it's like it's living in the tension of I'm not completely put together, but at the same time, these are the areas that I am growing in or th- these are the, this is the progress I am making, or it's living in the the reality of maybe I have hit rock bottom, but I have people in my life who I've fostered relationship with and and who do I need to go to right now and who can I reveal myself to that would be able to, in a healthy way, actually help me. Um, Because oftentimes it's whenever we're in those rock bottom situations, we result to everything else um, that ends up causing more problems. So that's how I would kind of
1: respond to
0: that question. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I, I think that, Oh, I was just going to throw in really fast that whenever you're saying that I I saw two scripture stories really embedded in what you're saying. One, when you're talking about this vulnerability with, with God, I think about Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, like being very realistic, right. With, with, with the father being like, father, let this cup pass. You know, he's with these apostles specifically, he grabbed Peter, James, and John to go with him farther. And he says like, my soul is sorrowful unto death. There's this like complete vulnerability and and admission to the father's like, man, like I am struggling. It's gonna be hard. But there's also this, but not my will, but yours be done. So it's kind of living in the balance of what you're talking about. It's not like a lack of faithfulness. He admits that he's struggling. He admits that there is there is a real like yeah, something that he he, he is experiencing. He's like, Man, this is gonna to be tough. But he models for us this this prayer. And I think obviously that's why he desired for Peter, James, and John to witness that for him to be them to be able to completely like unveiled before the Father. Um. So that scripture story, and I was also thinking of when you're talking about, let like kind of waiting to the last minute. I mean, I think the scriptures abound with these stories, but the one I thought of specifically was the 10 virgins with the with the oil sticks, right? They're running and like five don't bring oil, right? They, they like, they forget. And so the other's like, oh, share your oil with us. And he's like, no, but they're, they're like, no, like we, we can prepared. y'all go get them. And, and then like it says that the master of, of the feast, like lets them in and the others come back and they're turned away. Because they waited, they only they only went to God at that rock bottom moment. They didn't they didn't prepare themselves constantly in this relationship with Him. Those are two scripture stories. I really was like talking. Sorry, Alex.
0: No, that's really good. I, there's there's so much in here because it's it's really not like one dimensional. Like there's so many scripture verses and passages that, that really lend itself both ways. Where it's like right, like the the ten virgins five are left outside, and then then you have the good thief, right? Who is he comes at the last minute, but then he. Ex- He's he finds God's mercy in that there's really like even no clear, like, if you do X, then Y and Z. And I think I think that divine mercy is like the biggest factor there where it's like, OK, everything makes sense up until divine mercy, because Jesus himself says it's incomprehensible. Right. And it's like it's it's beyond comprehension. it's It's beyond our understanding. So. I was thinking about what you said too, Matt, of like, how do we kind of stay in this balance and this tension, which I think is super, super gold. But I was thinking of another story from scripture, which is the the 10 lepers that come and get healed and only one goes back and gives thanks. And I think that gratitude and giving thanks is a time uh, or an opportunity in which we can stay grounded in that tension, right? It's like, even even though, yeah, my life isn't perfect, I know the Lord has been hearing my prayers and so I want to give thanks for these things. And I think that's really good. I think the saints too, they talk about like these like the only two markers of prayer that are legitimate is is honesty and consistency and i think that most people struggle with one of those for me it's consistency and that's that's where that's how i felt out of, out of balance with you know being too hard on myself or like forgetting that it's not just a self-help it's like i'm not saying consistent in it so i'm being honest in you know where, where my sins are where my weaknesses are but i'm not being consistent to see how god is at work in those things and i think those those are two big ways in which we can i think stay in that tension and see see reality as it is like you said um truth and and honesty but but divine mercy Sunday, y'all. Can we just give it up for Jesus? Because that honestly, that's just that it blows me away. It blows me away. Um, Insert canned applause. It's just it's honestly the best. We can we can just get, edit this out, but I just want you to know how much I how much I truly love divine mercy Sunday. And no, it's, uh, it's, so cool. it's amazing, amazing. On divine mercy Sunday, I, I was feeling in this place of just like Lord, I want to. I want to repent and I want to like turn back to you and I want to turn my gaze back to you. But I had this sense, this feeling, maybe it's, maybe it's an obstacle for me during this time of quarantine. It's like, I almost forgot how to be vulnerable with God. I'm talking about like, I forgot how to be real with God. And I think part of it is just because like not a lot, a lot of communication with people during this time. So I'm not expressing my feelings or my thoughts to a lot of people during this time. And I feel like that's translated to my prayer. Like it's hard for me to put into words what I'm feeling, Lord. And so I just trust that, you know, my heart, but, I was i was really wanting to make like a, a sincere act of contrition on divine mercy sunday and i just find myself just like oh, i don't i don't even know how to properly say i'm sorry for these things and i want you to be the center but i know that you know my heart better than i do and i'm, and I'm sorry and it was just it's just cool to like believe totally like in the mercy of god and be like yeah he he does know me he does love me and he's and there's always more joy in heaven over one person who repents the 99 righteous right and so Holiness is just a weird thing, man. It's like, how do we be the how how do we be one of the righteous made by God? And yet realizing that we're always in, in need of, of of repentance. And he's calling us and inviting us to live in that balance of of truth and, and honesty and consistency. It's a crazy
1: thing, yeah, yo. Absolutely. And it's it's so hard because it's like the minute you you start to kind of journey and you're like, man, I really got I want to be better for you, right? We slip up, we fall. And and it's and it's this constant going back to me, like, even if I have this desire, I know that I I fail consistently in the ability to act it out and that actually leads me to it's this weird complex where that actually leads us to greater holiness Mm. like the attempt it's 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 not even about like obviously the lord desires freedom and and like becoming more conformed to who he is in it and so that over time right we will fail maybe potentially less on certain things than others but i think there's the incredible amount of grace offered whenever we look at him you know, like we're, we're like Peter, we're running on the water to him, and we look down, we get scared, we fall in the water. And he looks at us, and stuff. just with this look of love. Like you might have, you might have failed, you might have looked away for a minute, but do I treasure like your ability to like look at me in your despair and be like, "Lord, save me"? Um, yeah, such a, such a difficult balance between the two of this like striving and falling constantly. Yeah, you
0: know? gosh, it's good stuff. That's good
1: stuff. Do we have any have any
0: thoughts about how this might uh, bleed over into just like just friendships or relationships or, or marriage or whatever during this time of quarantine as well?
2: Yeah, I think that this topic of divine mercy is completely relevant about mutual self-revelation or yeah, the mutual revelation of the two persons because mercy is one of those things that Jesus is very specific about. And his teachings on forgiveness so if you you go and take a look at the our father forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us so there's already this weight upon us being forgiven to the extent we're able to forgive other people jesus is drawing us into and he's inviting us to become like our heavenly father who is completely merciful and he's asking us to imitate the father and therefore become completely merciful to the people who have offended us. Divine Mercy Sunday is so beautiful because Jesus exemplifies this on the cross in his moment where they just crucified him. He's up on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. It's such a beautiful line because literally he just went through his passion. He just was scourged. He was just tormented. And the connection to the Our Father prayer is that three years ago, he taught them to ask, you know, forgiveness or or that they would be forgiven to the extent that they were able to forgive. And he finishes his last teaching upon the cross is, look how far I'm willing to go to forgive you. Father, in my dying moments, I want you to forgive the people who are murdering me right now. That's how his mercy extends. And he was teaching us. It was the summation. It was the the final teaching of like the Our Father prayer. And he's literally finishing it off by saying, "Look at my life," and I'm going to teach you how to forgive other people right now, as I'm dying upon the cross. So that if we look at that image and, and God reveals that to us, how should it therefore teach us to go and to forgive the people in our life? Right? And Alex, you brought up like our friendships, our, our relationships, and stuff. I think that as we are more grateful in our hearts for the mercy we've received from God, it makes us more Mm -hmm. able to go and be generous to others or be more merciful to others. So because of the greatness of the gift that we've received, it makes us want to go and share that with others all the more. So the beautiful thing about being Christian is that we've received such a great gift, such an enormous gift, a gift that we cannot repay. And so we should be so grateful and so generous with our lives because of that. That is the motivation for all that we do. It, it's from the gift we've received. There, there's no need to go look at each other with expectation or say, you know, for me to go to you, Alex, and say, I, I deserve this from you. Well, that's actually not true. I don't deserve anything, right? I, I, everything that has been given to me freely. Yeah, I I just, I kind of take that, um, that imagery of the Divine Mercy Sunday saying, I've received much from the Father, and now it's upon me to go and give that to others as well, out of
1: gratefulness. Yeah, it's super good. That is really good. I think kind of to your point, right, about about being awareness and being vulnerable with God, I think that that leap, like, go to God, and we don't try to say, Lord, like, I'm good, I'm fine. I got it all together, but when we go before Him and we're actually honest Lord, like I'm not fine. Like it, it actually brings us to this greater awareness of our need for the cross and forgiveness there, which grants us this, this deep awareness of our, our kind of calling to share that the gift that we've received, we want to share with other people. And so there's a direct correlation between a, this vulnerability with God that leads us also to be able to give forgiveness to others.
0: Yeah. There, there's, there's like this, this theme I'm picking up with a way that we are brought to To life in god is that we first receive his love and his mercy we secondly experience this this gratitude or joy from that and then both out of a sense of mission that he's given us and and from the experience of like the changed life and the gratitude there we are commissioned to do the same to others and uh maybe we can get in in a future podcast more into the the receptivity part like how do how do we how do you begin like an authentic christian life how do you begin to actively receive God's love and mercy. I think as we bring our time to a close, I want to ask you guys this question. We have a, we have a lot of new and available free time during this quarantine. It is actually Matt's wife's idea, which I think is brilliant. But the, the suggestion is that we pick up a new hobby during this time, or certainly at least this week, these next seven days. What is a what is hobby that you guys think you guys might be able to pick up this week? Matt, why don't you kick us off? So as
2: we're recording, Kyle doesn't know I'm gonna say this. So this would be funny to see if I actually follow through because it'll probably be <laughs> we'll have the time between now and, and next week to see. But one of her dream bucket items, just things that she wants, is she's always wanted to own a field of flowers. And so she just she wants to own just a big, um, whether she turns into a business or not, she doesn't really care, but she just wants to own a field of flowers. And so we we want to start a garden. And so I'm going to go out and uh, purchase some supplies, maybe to be delivered to the house, like a, a pot um, and some soil and some seeds. Or maybe we'll just make a garden in the backyard. Um, we, we've really wanted to get into gardening. And that's a dream of Kyle's. So I'd like to take that up right now
0: during this time that's awesome uh trevor what is like one that. new hobby for you are we thinking like a, a shared hobby or individual i think individual hobby unless you also would like to get into gardening and i guess if i'm if i'm being invited into gardening as well <laughs> it, it, if y'all if we'll y'all would join in uh,
1: dreams you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so whether or not i get into gardening is uncertain at this moment but one thing that i really would like to get into for sure and kenzie and i've talked about this for a long long time and i've even gone on multiple walks in the past couple weeks and thought about this i used to be kind of into photography i bought a camera i started watching videos i was um, talking a lot with friends that were good at it i was like just asking a lot of questions from photographers i knew but i never got to that point of actually like really pursuing it i've kind of taken all the beginning steps and so I'd love to like pick up where I left off and start to kind of just mess around. Like not, it's nothing like super serious to start, but to start to intentionally like just seek beautiful places to go take pictures, bring Kenzie with me and maybe like let that begin to grow that hobby. And Kenzie is really interested in that as well. Um, and we have a digital, a DSLR camera. So I think that might be one of the moves for my hobby this week. Cool.
0: Very good. Y- y'all are basically describing my wife. She is trying to get us to do some bit of gardening and then she's doing a lot of photography as well. So Taking mine, pictures of gonna be, her flowers. <laughs> my, mine's going to be more maybe self, I don't want to say self-centered, but let's just say geared towards the self. <laughs> I think uh, I think one thing that I, I might want to do as a challenge is, is pick up running this week. I have probably the phrase like "gone on a run like less than 10 times in my life. Um, I, I never really saw the point of it, I thought it was a waste of time and energy, and yet and yet, with so little to do outdoors, I think it's gonna be a, yeah, a, good, a good exercise to do just to get outdoors, but also kind of a challenge just to do something I don't love doing, but maybe see if I like doing it in the end. Who knows? Who knows? Then I'll also do a bit of gardening because Hillary just ordered some flowers, and um, I'm also gonna kind of be like your second shooter, I think, in a few weddings coming up. So Ooh. I guess I'll maybe be doing both of those, but running. Running for me, baby. The question is, Alex:
2: are, are you running to God, or are
0: you running away from Him? <laughs> uh, oh. Is that, is, is that, is that, is that going to be the name of the podcast this, this week? <laughs> running to, or running from, or running, or running fro, running fro.
1: Or it's going to be, or it's gonna be the, the, the interesting second shooter. Uh,
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> whenever you said that, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Or, or it's always God is first shooter. How about this? Is that good or <laughs> <is> that? <laughs> Is that one of Aquinas' five? We're always second (laughs) shooting. All right. In order to close this up, I want to say thank you guys for for joining again this week. Uh, It it is a lot of fun to do this podcast with you. And uh, are there any parting words you guys would like to leave with any listeners?
1: I think one thought I would love to leave everyone with um, is just to consider what version of myself am I presenting to God? What version of myself, when we're talking about intimacy, we're talking about mutual revelation. What version of myself do I give to God when I go to spend time like in my room praying or when I'm, you know, giving these little quick text kind of prayers throughout the day, checking in with God? Am I giving the version of myself that I want to be? I think to ponder of that question could give us a lot of growth. It's one that I have to constantly check myself on.
0: I think, I think for me, the, the parting word is we kind of nailed down like the the first step of this authentic Christian life is is receptivity. Hopefully, we'll get into that in the future. But for now, is the is the question: Have I received the love and mercy of God? And then, secondly, am I continuously receiving the love and mercy of God? And how does it look like in my life? Matthias, good vulnerability is just living in reality, and we can live
2: in reality with ourselves. So, don't lie to ourselves. Live in reality with God by presenting a, an accurate, you know, situation of where we're at. And living a reality with others by not telling ourselves stories, you know, that we're making up in our head, but just presenting the
0: realness of the struggle that we're all in. Living in truth, baby. Maybe we should change the name of this podcast. I love this. Um, guys, thank you again for coming on. It, it's been a lot of fun. Until next time, God bless all the students at OU and you at home listening. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.
2: nobody no nobody
0: touched <laughs>
2: <me>. bo? <laughs> bo i remember that was the, that was the origin the, that, that that was that was truly the origin that that was trevor's first week on campus
0: that was not my first week
1: it was like it, maybe it week was three.
2: literally during fall. no it's,
0: it's totally unscripted so we might have to do some hardcore editing shout out thomas hey i just want to thank you if you haven't already cut this part out uh, thank you for doing our editing i truly appreciate it it is
1: a grace to us. Like, Trev, like what kind of opening we talked about? We could, I mean, yeah, we could do it right here. As long as there's like, give us, give it a three second pause, and then someone can try it. So I'm just doing like the one that we're gonna.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was gonna happen. I knew, I knew you were gonna be like. Growth in relationship with God occurs through mutual self revelation. <laughs> <laughs> that was a gust of wind as the Holy Spirit. We're about to have an absolute fire podcast. A, it's a gust of wind. We're all inside. It's, a, it's a that was, interesting. That, that was Trev. You got too close to your nose. <laughs> <laughs> no way. He, Trev, you were like this. <laughs> What I thought was the Holy Spirit was Trevor's nostrils, but but that's
1: okay. One and um, the same, baby. One <laughs> and
0: the
1: same. Absolutely not.
2: As uh, like, the gospel it's
1: today like, says, you do not yeah. know where the wind comes from or where it goes. <laughs>
2: no, I, yeah. I, you do not know where it comes from, baby. I, I was gonna say it's from the gospel from this weekend where it says Jesus came and he he breathed on them. Peace be with you. He <laughs> <laughs> That's that
1: pneuma, baby, that breath of life. Um, oh, gross.